Buonasera tutti and Buon San Valentino. Yes, we are spending our Valentine's Day evening recording this podcast. Not as romantic, perhaps, as some of your evenings, but what are you going to do? Any evening is romantic with you, amore. Jeez. Hey, Carino. Well, I was out of town for a few days, and Tommaso is going out of town next week, so we have to jam this in now, but he's going to be on a 1,200-mile boat delivery down to the Virgin Islands. Sounds horrible. Someone's got to do it. (laughs) However, we will try to get another episode in before he leaves because we continue to get so many responses about our podcast. And now, how many countries do we have now? 71. With the latest being Uruguay, I believe. Uruguay. I've also received a few more emails asking about group trips. For instance, one woman wanted to know if she and her sister could join a kitten club trip, which was super cute. But I responded to her email, and I'll explain the same here. I love to escort people on a week trip, week-long trip, 10-day trip, but I do not organize them myself with random people. Instead, I suggest that people ask friends or family to join them, and I'll gladly be your guide, translator, faux wine sommelier. (laughs) Just try to get at least six people and we'll make it happen. I would still do it if there were only four, but obviously the price would be much higher. So please just get in touch, Kim at Kimberly'sItaly.com, and we'll chat. Finally, before we begin this episode, Tommaso, do you know that there's actually a village called San Valentino? I did not know that. It's in Abruzzo. Yes. Um, north of where we were in, in Puglia. And it's about uh, 40 miles inland from the Adriatic, kind of close to Pescara. And I think one one year for St. Valentine's Day, it would be like the right thing to do. Okay. I'm in. Andiamo. <laughs> Andiamo. Let's go. <laughs> okay. This episode is carrying on with our epic road trip when we left the village of Monopoly in Puglia and drove to Matera. And in case you're just listening for the first time to this episode, we had a passenger van, which we nicknamed the litter box just for fun. Yes. It wasn't that bad. I mean, don't think it really stunk or anything. It just had a few of those, as we mentioned before, those, that air freshener smell in it. Right. But the kitten club also, in case you hadn't listened previously, is a nickname for these two trips I did back-to-back with women, just women, and Tom had nicknamed us the Kitten Club, goes to Italy, but then he gladly offered his services to escort the second group. So he was Tom Cap. Okay, it sounds kind of silly, but it was fun. Anyway, so when we left Monopoly that morning, we started our day, of course, with a couple cappuccinos, and then we packed up our belongings into the litter box drove out of the historic center of Monopoly and started our way toward Matera. Yeah, but let's back up a little bit here, right? So I was arranging the directions on my iPad, Wi-Fi, trying to get everything organized, which route we were going to take. And there was one route that went north and then to Bari and then went west, southwest from there. I had a lot of time to plan because when you're traveling (laughs) with the kittens... 
the kittens sometimes take a little bit of time. Pack up at a leisurely pace. Well, you know why? Women normally pack well. Roll your clothes, put your shoes in bags. You just like, you know, close the suitcase with however it was. Men, Men will be men. So we chose this other route, which wasn't north to Bari, which was more direct. That route would have included Autostrada. Yes. We wanted to do secondary routes. Yes, we wanted to see more of those beautiful olive orchards and drive them. And it was about 20 or 30 minutes longer as planned, but it (laughs) it didn't quite go according to plan. So we went through and we... Can I just interrupt for a second? Of course, dear. It's your show. Oh, stop. (laughs) So we pack up, get in the car. Keep in mind, we had just had our cappuccinos. And our friend Chiara, who we all, you know, had Italian names for the trip. Our friend Chiara got in the very back row and fell asleep instantly. She looked like she had a fez on. Yes, she did. She wrapped herself (laughs) up to, like, you know, prevent hearing things, seeing things. She was... Sound asleep in two minutes. We hadn't even left the historic center yet. And however, her husband, James, told us he pre-warned us that she is actually a professional world class. Never. <laughs> yes. <laughs> OK, so carry on. So we're going along with Kiara in the back. No snoring involved or anything. It was really <laughs> nice tootling along. And we went through some country with all of the beautiful olive orchards and had a great, great time. They were actually butted right up next to each other, olive orchard after olive orchard, olive trees, as far as you can see. That's when you know you're still in Puglia. Right. So we ended up, you have to go through this one city, town, village. It's a large, it's a town, uh, Joy de Coli, and we missed our turn then there somehow. Now, understand you don't always have perfect navigation and perfect bandwidth to use Google Maps. So anyway, We were taking it as we went. We went through and we just got on another road. We're looking like it was west. And so we kept going. And we, beautiful countryside and generally heading west. I tried. And less olive trees. Yes, less olive trees. At that point, we knew we were heading into Basilicata. Yes. The region. More farmland. And uh, I tried several times to get a connection and get locked in in our bearings where we were, but really wasn't an opportunity. Keep in mind, the litter box did not have GPS in the van itself. So we were relying on our phones. Yes. And I was also relying on not going over my data plan, which was 500 megabytes a day, but you don't oftentimes use it. But when you're traveling, you can, because you don't realize how quickly that burns up Mm -hmm. considering, you know, we're all on Wi-Fi all the time. You don't think about how much you use, but anyway, let's forget the bandwidth, go back to the kitten club on our chariot across Italy. So I was trying to use my iPad connecting, but didn't get it. And finally I got it and I had a connection and Google maps told us to turn left. Now we'd been going through very, very rural areas, only farmland. Didn't see many places at all. Certainly didn't see a cell tower. No. (laughs) (laughs) And so right where it said, take a left, there was this plastic Jersey, Jersey like barrier that construction barrier. Yeah. Filled with water. And, uh, it was uh, right near this fountain. And I, as I've looked back over time on the Google Maps to find out where we went wrong and where we were, um, there's one of these spring-fed fountains there, which is ancient. And mm-hmm. it's the only way, the only site that's near this left, take a left. Right. So this fountain is 
on Google Maps and it's on, its address is Unnamed Road, <laughs> 74014, province of Toronto, Italia. Okay. Unnamed, Unnamed Road. <laughs> so after some hemming and hawing, looking at this Jersey barrier and looking at this road, we all shrugged our shoulders and went for it. Well, we collectively held a vote. Yes, this is very democratic. Right. I was uh, I was driving and we said, I said, what do you guys think? Let's go for it. It should be fun. I was like, it's basically an elevated dirt path. Yes, it was, it was hard pack and it was elevated. I mean, don't, it's not like elevated. It's probably a foot drop and a two foot drop on some. Felt like 10 feet. Right. But also that little drop, even when it wasn't dropped, ended up with some real squishy, muddy... Farmland. Farmland that you wouldn't really want to drive off the road in. No. And understand, this was only a road fit for one car. Correct. <laughs> right? And we're, only, in a, and we're in a van. And we're in a van. But, uh, you know, you might find a, a, a way to pull over at some point. But if you pulled over, it was, you were pretty daring because you'd be getting stuck. And there was no someone, no one coming to rescue. So way down the road, we could see this big truck coming towards us. And I was hoping he'd be heading the other way and turn off somewhere ahead. The landscape was pure. It was flat. It was beautiful. And we're not quite sure what was farmed there, but it was flat. So we saw this truck coming down. The truck came right at us. And our fearless leader, La Capa, <laughs> pulled over to the side of the road. And uh, I was looking out the window going, oh, Jesus, I hope we don't drop into that. <laughs> anyway, right down the road, zzz, here comes the truck and he passed us going about 50 miles an hour, not kilometers an hour. And, uh, he was a man on a mission. Didn't give us a glance man on a mission. No doubt. He knew that that was his shortcut between point A to point B. And we were clearly tourists yes. in this passenger van pulled over to the side of the road, nervous as could be thinking we're going to flip over. And he's like, he didn't zoom care. by. He didn't care. Right. So anyway, we tootled down the road and at another intersection, which you could take right, according to Google, we were supposed to turn on that. And all we could see was this big berm of earth in front of us and the road that was in worse shape than one we were on. Right. And half the size. Half the size. And we all <laughs> looked at it and one another and said, nah, no way. No way. <laughs> we, that can't be it. GPS. So we carried on and the road bore to the left and we just kept going. And we came to what we thought was a dead end, but right there on the right turned out to be this small tunnel. And it looked like it was right under the road that we actually wanted to be on. So the intrepid travelers that we were, we tried to go through this tunnel and careful not to scratch the litter box because it was, uh, it was a little bit tight. But it was that but arched, we, corrugated yeah, steel yes, underpass. I'll get there. Okay. Okay. And it was built of this cylindrical corrugated steel. So if we scraped the litter box, it'd be the gift that keeps on giving because you get one <laughs> scrape and another scrape and another <laughs> scrape. Multiple undulations of corrugated steel scraping down the side of the black litter there, box. There went my deposit. There went the deposit. <laughs> anyway, we merged on the other side into this T and we took a right. We went down that road. And that road ended with a left turn. We seem to all end up in these locations with what either turn around or take the turn. And as we looked up this little incline, we thought that the road was actually a driveway to a farm. Remember that farm at the top of the hill? Mm -hmm. And so we pulled a Yui. With me getting out of the car 
and guiding La Capa so we'd not get stuck in even more mud. <laughs> and we have we had one of those smiles only couples can have. You know, <laughs> the ones where you want everyone to think it's okay, but you're actually wondering, how the hell did we get here? Right? So back down the road from whence we came, we're not wanting to go, but we had to go through that tight corrugated passage again, or we could go straight. So we went straight. We came to another farm driveway. And so we thought, and we stopped. At this point, we knew we had to go back and make it go back through the corrugated turn. So we made a 37 point turn at that point with <laughs> La Capa driving a six gear van. Exactly. Right? Standard. <laughs> that poor clutch. Anywho, um, the kittens were laughing the whole way. Oh, and Kiara finally woke up. She woke up. Because we were crying laughing. Right. It was so hysterical. So we went right back. No, hold on. And when she like took that turban off her the, head and looked around, fez? she's like, where are we? <laughs> yes, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you could see the road at that point that we wanted to be on. And, but we couldn't get there. It was like. You could see the road on GPS. We couldn't physically see. Right. 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 So anyway, all the kittens were laughing and the quote unquote navigator looking, I was looking perplexed and a bit frustrated. So we go back to the first turn uh, that Google told us to take, which was now our, on our left, yes. we used to be on our right. And we looked down this quote unquote road <laughs> and it was a path more fitting for my John Deere lawn tractor, my <laughs> LA 120. Anyway, we looked at it. There's no other way to go. So we went for it and we're all in and we went around the back of this, this berm and our road was on our left. Fantastic. The hidden road was now in view and a quarter mile down the road, there was an entrance and we were where we wanted to be on the way to Matera finally. But the funny thing is I was looking over this last week on Google maps, um, right past the place, which was the first farm. That yes. we stopped at yes. and made a Yui. We, if we had proceeded up that, which was a street, again, an unnamed street, mm -hmm. it turned into 1,200 feet later, Via Matera. <laughs> yeah. It was all worth it. There are several ways to get everywhere, and we tried a lot of them. And it made for a good story. So we get on to our secondary road that actually had, you know, pavement. And the clutch was much happier. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so we start heading toward Matera on a secondary road. All was good in the world again. And since I had been there only 10 days previously, I knew basically where this underground parking garage was, but I still had to have Navigator Tommaso direct me right, left, right, left, the old outskirts of the city to get back to that underground parking lot that is associated with the cave dwelling we're staying at. And if you heard my previous episode on this, on Matera, you'll remember that I had a Fiat Tipo station wagon. And as I drove down this spiral ramp into this parking garage at the time, 10 days earlier, I thought, oh, this would be very tight, a very tight squeeze with a passenger van, knowing that I would have it. So the time came. I was there and had to go down what looked well, like a death spiral. Well, let me, let me, let me interject here as you said oh here's the garage let's go left oh right <laughs> into took, the garage i took a look at it and the the driveway into the death spiral was <laughs> only one lane 
Because you had cars parked on both sides. It was, you know, their idea of a public parking lot, which was just the entrance to the parking garage. But people that live there jammed their cars in. So the passenger van barely fit in between those two rows of cars. You fit about 16 um, Italian small cars and two Lincoln Navigators in that area. Right. So we... I kept thinking as we were pulling into that, oh, geez, what if somebody's coming out of the parking garage? That I'd have to back up into a one-way road. Ugly. What's the Italian word for ugly? Brutto. Brutto. <laughs> so anyway, here we were going down the little ramp, and I just thought, I you know, haven't scratched this van yet. We survived the underpass of the corrugated steel. I am not sideswiping this van. So I went, eat, 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 <laughs> like inched our way down. I was... Totally embarrassed to do it, but I didn't care. And again, that poor clutch. (laughs) Clutch was crying out. (laughs) And so I finally get to the bottom and they could hear me. (laughs) It's very long. It's like a corkscrew. Finally get to the bottom and there's the man I recognize. I think it was a family run business as well. The La Papa and the son. Very nice. They we get to the bottom, they recognize me. I was just there. He had a, he had a big smile on his I face. I know, like, I was like, I'm not going to say anything. So we get out, and same procedure as last time. They take our luggage, put it into their van, and drive us into the car-free zone of where we were staying at the cave dwelling. So I forget the gentleman's name, but anyway, we get in, and he's like, how was your trip, blah, blah, blah. Starts to go up the ramp and he just floored it just to show off like, look, we're in another passenger van, a Mercedes van, and I have no problem. Anyway, so I asked him right then and there, I said, when we leave in three days, will you please drive my van up? He goes, Certo. Yes. Of course. He did. (laughs) Anyway, so we arrive at the cave dwelling, same thing as last time, and the gentlemen that work at the accommodation come down these long stone steps to get the luggage for their guests. And Tommaso, Chiara, Rosanna, Livia, and Ninetta all get out and they take one look up. They're like, wow. So we walk up these stone steps that are irregular. Obviously they were put in place millions, not thousands of years ago. And we're just walking up and they're looking around like, oh, wow. Then we go into the Uficho, the office, to say, hey, I'm back and I'm with my second group of friends. And this lovely woman comes out and gives this group the tour. And so the first thing she does after welcoming us is to walk us into the deconsecrated church from 3 AD. And she explains this in a really you know, thorough, calm way with just so much pride that right now you're standing on the stone floor of a deconsecrated church from 3 AD. And it was so fabulous for me to see the awe and wonderment on your faces. It was just fabulous. It was an amazing sight to walk in there. And then the best present of the day was right after that. She said, now, Kimberly... We have upgraded all of you to our largest cave dwellings. It's like, whoa, <gasps> how sweet. But it's because I was back 10 days later and I had two different clients showing up in um, December for Christmas. 
she just was showing their gratitude for me sending clients, and there we were. It was unbelievable. So I then, can accept that gratitude by association. Yes. yes. So as I've described before, but in case you didn't hear that episode, um, these caves were carved in from the side of the mountain and just went deep in. So the only source of light is the one opening of the door. That's it. The deeper the cave goes back, the more candles there are. And this place is lit completely by candles. And I did mention before, magic candles. I don't know. They burn so slowly. And it just made for the most... Ethereal feeling. That's a good one. When you walked in, it was the most ethereal feeling. And you weren't worried about fire because it's all stone. Right. There was nothing that was going to burn if you knocked a candle over. But we're so used to, you know, sunlight and bright light and rooms with windows. And so all of a sudden, instead of feeling claustrophobic or thinking it was dark and musty, it was not. No. It was absolutely enchanting. That's another good word to describe it. Well, I think I I mentioned the last one that I jumped the gun set when I was there, but I talked about they have dehumidifiers in each one. Correct. So it's it's completely dry. And radiant heat. And radiant heat in the floors. But anyway, so we gave the largest room to... Livia and Ninetta. And then another room that was flatter to Chiara and Rosanna. And then Tommaso and I took the corner room that had a very large empty room, quote unquote. There aren't really walls per se. They left some stone in place to delineate a space. But this one big, huge stone cave had nothing except completely contemporary egg-shaped bathtub placed right in the middle of it. That was it. And then there was a wooden bench beyond it that held candles and your towels. And we were like, wow, okay. And I've got to tell you, the next time I go there, which I hope we get there again soon, Mm -hmm. and I hope they upgrade us again so (laughs) we get some more clients in there, (laughs) um, I would take a Bluetooth speaker because... Laying in that tub and listening to, okay, I'm Mr. History. I love history. And listening to something like Gregorian chant. Yes. Which, you know, you'd be in there and it would be, talk about ethereal. Right. I mean. Good idea. It would be just wonderful. Travel tip. Travel tip. Bluetooth speaker (laughs) and Gregorian chant. So once uh, the other girls took, you know, a million pictures, video, everything, texted at home, were on FaceTime, walking around. Once they, you know, got their fill of their cave, we walked up to the top of the village because it was 2 p.m. and we were hungry and I thought places might close, so let's go fast before 2. So we walked past the Duomo. I said, we'll be back later. Let's go find some lunch. But I remembered a place that I had seen on the previous trip that's right down the main thoroughfare. Via Duomo. Via Duomo. Very simple to remember that. And there are about four tables outside. This sweet little place is called Zio Nini. And Zio means uncle. So Uncle Nini. And there were all the tables were full, just four tables. So we waited about 15 minutes. And I said to the woman that walked out, the waitress, I said, will you stay open? Are you going to be open? Because otherwise we'll find something else. She goes, no, 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 wait. You know, non c'è problema. Just wait. Okay, so we did couple people left, so we were all seated at a table. 
It was warm. It was sunny. So what else are we going to order? Aperol spritz. Yes. (laughs) Then, and this, this woman, this server was so nice and touchy feely, very, you know, just genuinely sweet. And again, you're speaking to her in Italian. Just if you know two words, ciao, grazie, she would be the same. Right. So then we ordered uh, panini. Most of you ordered panini. I had a salad. Rosanna had the soup and we all took our first bite. Same thing. I love when this happens. One bite. I was like, oh, that's the best panini I've ever had in my life. And the bread was like, it was just out of, you were wondering if it was a bakery. Right. You know, it was so good. And the ham and the arugula, it just tasted, yes, we're in Italy and this is really, really good. Yes, with an Aperol spritz. Mm -hmm. And right across from Zionini's is a little uh, space in between two buildings where you can look down to the original, oldest original, that's Silly word to say there. To the beginning of time. To the oldest sassi, the the cave dwellings. So we're sitting there having the best panino ever, the best salad. I did. My salad was da morire. And Aperol spritz with this really vibrant, fun server. It was just like, what a perfect lunch. Your first day in Matera and you have the best experience. Mm Mm-hmm. No crowds, absolutely. No, no crowds. That was the, no one. And those people, <laughs> those people that had been eating there at the tables, were all Italian. Yes. And as we walked around after our lovely lunch, as we walked around, I took video because I was absolutely blown away that there were no tourists. The four, five of you were ahead of me, and I just took video and turned around three sixty. No one. No one except us. So that's. Because of the timing, also COVID, COVID but... But I'm a selfish traveler. I want those places to myself. Well, then you have and to I go lu- off season. And I, we lucked out. We totally lucked out. So that was just awesome. So I walked them around, gave them the lay of the land. Because as you stand on... Keep in mind that Matera is built on these ravines. So the highest spots are the Duomo. And then it goes down these ravines to the oldest sassi, this cave dwellings. So I gave them the lay of the land and explained, you can just get lost in these maze of sidewalks, but just go for it. Because once you get to a, a rise again and look down and you see those sassi, there's old sassis on two sides. It's several ravines. You, you won't get lost. No. So I gave them the lay of the land. And, and even if you do, it's fun. It's fun to get lost. Right? But eventually you could always figure your way back. We had a whole day of getting lost. Yes. You look (laughs) for the Duomo and you'll find your way back. Anyway, so we cruised around a bit and then one person, I can't remember who it was, said, you know, we have another day and a half here, you know, starting tomorrow. So I'd really like to go hang out in my cave dwelling. (laughs) I was like, okay. I think it was Chiara. She wanted to take a bath. Right. So we all went back. Each of us hung out in our cave, took more pictures, et cetera. And then we decided about 7 p.m. to have an aperitivo sitting on the very old stone bench. Well, not stone, wooden benches, wooden benches. outside the walls of the deconsecrated church yes. and looked out to the other side 
of yet another ravine. Right. And up high, unlike the oldest saucy that are down below, this grouping of saucy is up high on the top of the mountain across from us. And it is now a UNESCO World Heritage Site. But from there, from our place, we could see the oldest church and the oldest saucy up high. So we sat there with a glass of wine just thinking, this is unbelievable. But we had to go to dinner. So we had a dinner reservation at 9 p.m. on the other side of Matera. So we walked yet another way. And we went to this restaurant. And we had a waiter named Fabio who could have been a stand-up comedian. Oh, yeah. He was so enthusiastic about the regional cuisine, the wine. The wine. And his English was just superlative. Yes. And very fast speaking. Yes. But my God, when he spoke Italian, I was like, whoa, tone it, (laughs) slow it down. But anyway, we had the best time at this restaurant. And one person said, oh, I'll have whatever. And he said, you know, I don't think that's our best. I would recommend. So that's the kind of waiter he was. Right. And we took those suggestions. I think you had a manza, a beef dish for your secondo. With, with tagliatelle, yes. That's with pasta. No, I did. Oh, that was your primi. Yeah. Okay. I had a risotto with asparagus and fungi mushrooms. I don't know. We've made that a lot at home and we're pretty good cooks. Ours can't even hold a candle to no, that dish. No. It was unbelievable. Now that was a 95 and we cook on a scale of 32. <laughs> well, compared to Italians. Right. Anyway, so we also had regional wine. Yep. And then, of and course. there was no wine list. I no. mean, he just said, we have two I recommend wines. this, I recommend, I recommend that. this. And then Rosanna, who for the entire trip ordered a tiramisu at every single restaurant every single night. That was her goal for this trip to eat tiramisu and gelato every day, which she did. She did. And she walked it off. Yes. But he said, you know, our tiramisu isn't as good as our flan. And that's the only time she stopped him. She goes, I don't care. I'm doing taste testing this whole trip. (laughs) Just give it to me. So he did. But someone else ordered the flan. The flan was far superior. She didn't care. It was such a lovely evening. So then, of course, I said when we left, it was 11, 11.30, nice long dinner. I said, well, let's walk back yet another way because there's so many options. You go down, you go up, whatever. But at night, when it is dark, it is so incredible to walk around because the way the buildings are lit so minimally and they're lit from below or just from the side. There are no standing big light poles, just these small lights that light the exterior. No lights are on inside and they're all caves. So even if people were home and awake, you don't know that because there's really no windows in the oldest parts. So the lighting makes the whole experience so dramatic. And since the geography of Matera, as I described, is on top of these top and bottom of these ravines and where it's located in Basilicata, as you look out, 
you do not see another village. You don't see the modern world at all. No, there's absolutely nothing to remind you that you're in the 21st century. And all of the lights are glowing off of this white or very, very light gray stone. So as you walk around, again, the word of the day is ethereal. And you're just walking around in these old streets, these old pathways. And all we could think of was, this is what it must have felt like exactly at thousands, the beginning of man. thousands of <laughs> yes. years ago, yes. right? Yes. It was just so magical. So I know I overuse that word, but it's the best to yes. describe Matera. Mm -hmm. So that alone was my favorite part of being there, to stand on the stone walkways of one of the oldest continuously inhabited settlements in history. Right. Like, how damn cool is that? Very cool. Anyway, we finally got back to our cave dwelling, and a few of us carried on just sitting outside, taking it all in, and again looked across the ravine to the top of the mountain and saw the ancient Rupestrian church carved into the stone along with the oldest saucy. I had to look up what Rupestrian means, and it is either being composed of rock or inscriptions or art on the rock. So these Rupestrian, or in Italian, Rupestre, churches have ancient inscriptions, art on the rock that they carved out during the Paleolithic era. And the Paleolithic era is from two and a half million years ago. Yep. <laughs> sort of old, huh? It's, it was just mind-blowing. And in this UNESCO World Heritage Site, this park that that Rupestrian Church is in, believe it or not, if you walk around the whole bit, and I'm very sorry to say that neither trip I had the time to do that. And so when we go back, because my clients that were there at Christmas said it was the absolute highlight of their entire three-week trip through Italy, that park walking around. And there's 150 of these ancient Rupestrian churches, obviously not as in good condition, right. but she said it was just the best experience they had ever had and had, and they are quite the world travelers. So there you have it. Highly suggest you get yourself to Matera and if possible, off season. So I think we need to stop here. We'll pick it up again, and we'll talk about how we went for breakfast the next day, which was, you just, you just, yeah. <laughs> the food. It's not just about food, but it's, it's just, it's pretty, um, you are in Italy. Importante. Yes. <laughs> Triple. Okay. Well, va bene. Grazie mille, amici. Thank you so much for listening and sharing the love. Yes. Share the love on Valentine's oh, night. Yes, hey, Karina. Okay. Ci sentiamo. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.